The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or lifehousechurch.org. Your life may have a drumbeat if you recognize it. Some of you, your drumbeat is off. And when it's off, everything is off. You know, a drumbeat sets the beat or the rhythm to music to the song. And so when the drum beats off, everything's off. But when it's on, life has a, has a certain hop to it. And, and so let me challenge you and let me ask you, what is the drumbeat of your life? And is your drumbeat on or is it off? All right. So let me have a little fun with you. I just want you to simply answer, uh, which one are you, okay? So like you're saying, which one am I? All right, you get, a, you get a comment with us online. If you're at home, maybe say it to the person next to you. Uh, at each of our campuses, I want you to respond. Maybe yell at the person socially distanced away from you right now. All right, here you go. Ready? So this, is, this first one, we're just gonna have a little fun with it because I wanna make sure you do this with me for all of you dads out there. Bacon or veggie burger? All right, now, are you living in frustration or anticipation? Are you discontent or are you content? Are you a, the sky's gonna clear or it's just gonna rain all day? Are you someone who keeps saying, uh, I have more than enough or are you thinking it's never enough? Are you irritable? or pleasant. All right, so now you're, you're, at, you're answering that, which one am I? It gives you an idea of kind of what the drumbeat of your life sounds like. What does it sound like? What does it feel like? And, and the reality is, uh, in this season and in seasons of life, there's a lot that can frustrate us, disappoint us, discourage us, discourage us. Why? Because there is often a gap between what we expect and what we experience. All right. What I mean is, maybe you, you have plans to go to the beach, and so your expectations are high for the day, but when you get up and you see the rain, the, what you expected doesn't match what you experience. And so when there's a gap in expectations, we live in frustration. And uh, maybe you've missed out during this season. I, I know some of you. you. You've missed out on being able to attend the funeral of a loved one. It breaks your heart. Some of you, you're, you're grieving loss of uh, maybe your business or income or, or other experiences. Maybe some of you, you weren't able to even uh, have the kind of wedding of your dreams. Like we, have, we have friends and even staff who didn't have that kind of a, uh, of a wedding because of the virus and the shutdowns and everything. And as a result, when there's this gap in expectations, the drumbeat, Go ahead. <laughs> the drumbeat of our life is off. And when it's off, we begin to go through life discouraged and frustrated and discontent. And we feel like we are right in being irritable and mad at the world. And so how do you handle, how do you respond in seasons when your drumbeat is off? 
What do you do? How do you, how do you get the drum beat back on? Or how do you start up the right kind of drum beat so that you can live your life well? Because no, you know, come on. Who wants to go through life frustrated? Who wants to go through life irritable? Who wants to go through life constantly feeling like nothing measures up to their expectations? That is not an enjoyable way of going through life. No, imagine you could have a deep inner drum beat that kept your feet dancing, that, that kept your, a smile on your face, it kept you moving even in the darkest moments. I mean, who wouldn't want that? All right, so let me jump to a story, an ancient story set in the nation of Israel with King David ruling the nation, and this is late in his leadership. This story is found in 1 Chronicles chapter 21 in the Old Testament of the Bible. And by the way, since I'm regularly preaching from the Bible, I thought it would be important to kind of give you a little context of why we often look in at the nation of Israel. Here's the thing, God decided to choose a man, Abraham, and then through Abraham to choose a nation to reveal himself to and to reveal himself to the whole world. And so often when we read the Old Testament of the Bible, what we're looking at is a story of how God interacts with people and how God interacts with a nation in order to reveal his love and reveal who he is and how he works. And so when we jump in, to the story of David in this ancient context. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kinda give you a quick context of what's going on uh, before I read you the passage, but it goes something like this. David had led uh, massive war campaigns, and he was a great warrior, a great leader. He, he was, he, he was, and to this day, is still considered one of the greatest kings in the nation of Israel. Um, but late in his life, he got a little bit overconfident. He got arrogant. And the way you kind of puff out your chest as a king is you, you flaunt how powerful your army is. And well, the only way to flaunt it is if you know how big it is. And one of the great, one of the rules for the kings in the nation of Israel, because God is supposed to rule them and they're supposed to trust God for victories, they were not allowed to count how many soldiers they had total. Well, David kind of wanted to stick out his chest a little bit. And uh, so he had his generals count all the men. And this, this grieved the heart of God because what it said was that David trusted his, his ability to lead and his warrior mentality more than he trusted God to give them a victory. And so God sent an angel to David and kind of revealed um, kind of with a, a, not a threat, but a punishment. And a prophet came to David and said, David, you can choose. And so let me just jump into the story. Here it is, First Chronicles chapter 21. Um, they, it says, you have a choice. You could choose this punishment, this punishment, or this punishment. And David said to God, I have sinned greatly by doing this. Now I beg you, take away the guilt of your servant. I have done a very foolish thing. And I am in deep distress, he continues. Let me fall into the hands of the Lord, for his mercy is very great, but do not let me fall into the human hands. Now, David experienced a lot of hardship, a lot of suffering, a lot of pain, a lot of defeat. And some of this hardship and suffering came as a result of his own bad decisions. He, he did 
things he knew he shouldn't do, and then he carried regret as a result of it. And maybe some of you have felt that. You, you've carried some regret because you made dumb decisions or bad decisions, or you knew you were doing the wrong thing and it brought really horrible consequence on you. Well, in David's experience, the horrible consequence is that God sent a plague over the entire nation. Now, I've read this story before, but it never quite jumped out to me like it did during the season we're walking through. Now, let me be very clear. I don't, I'm not saying that I believe that what we've walked through is a punishment of God. I think, unfortunately, sickness happens in our world as a consequence of just evil in the world, as a consequence of just bad things happen. But in this situation, God sent a plague. And, and you know, before when I read this story, and there's this really specific number, it said 70,000 people died in Israel. Now, in the past, I would have just kind of read that and kind of just been like, okay, that's just a lot of people. But boy, now, when you, when you watch the death toll, and you, you, every number means a name, and every statistic is a story of a loss. You know, like suddenly now 70,000 in a nation seems like a lot of people, and it's deeply personal. And so 70,000 people die. And uh, so David is watching this plague wa wipe out his nation, wipe out his reputation, his legacy, his leadership. And he, he's, he's scared. He's crying out, help. And... Uh, so he, he sees literally this death angel, this plague wiping out the people, and, and, it, and he sees it as, a, as if it was a vision of an angel with a drawn sword preparing to sweep over the entire city of Jerusalem. And David goes running up to the place where he sees this death angel, and it's right at this spot of Aruna. Uh, who, the guy's name is Aruna, who owns this plot of land. And so he runs to that spot, and he wants to he wants to offer sacrifice in that spot to say, God, please, I beg you, stop. And uh, he, he wants to buy the spot, but Aruna, who owns it, goes, no, 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 you don't have to buy it. Here, I give it to you. And this is David's response. But King David replied to Aruna, no, I insist on paying the full price. I will not take for the Lord what is yours or sacrifice a burnt offering that costs me nothing. And uh, just a quick pause. Be careful that you do not give to God. That, another way of reading this, it says, I will not give to God that which cost me nothing. And I've always had this thought in my heart. Be careful not to give to God that which costs you nothing. Um, God responds to the deep, the deep places in our heart where it costs us. It's not that your sacrifice buys something, but in this moment, David was aware that this plague was decimating his land, and he said, no, I'm not just going to offer God a cheap sacrifice. I'm going to give God something that costs me something. And so the next verse simply says, this is the price. So David paid Aroni 600 shekels of gold for the site. And, uh, and then there's this moment, right? So David, and, and David uh, built an altar to the Lord there, and, uh, and he sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. And he called on the Lord, and the Lord answered him with fire from heaven on the altar of burnt offering. And uh, so God, David sacrifices, David prays, God responds uh, with fire, and then he stops the plague, and he begins to heal the nation. And Dave, because of this powerful moment, in that moment, David says, I want to build to God 
a, a, a temple right in this spot. I bought it. Now I want to build a temple right here. And I want to put the, I want to put the altar of sacrifice right on the spot where I offered the sacrifice. And so David in his heart had a dream that he would build an a, a amazing temple for worship on the very spot of suffering. In the place of pain, he wanted to offer praise. In the, in the place of suffering, he wanted to offer celebration to God. In the place of tears, he wanted to build a temple. In the place where there were graves being dug, he wanted to build a foundation of a temple for praise and thanksgiving. David was not, was not allowed to build the temple. In fact, the prophet came and said to David, no, God doesn't want you to build a temple because you have so much bloodshed on your hands, but your son will build a temple. And so David spends the, re the last years of his life drawing up the blueprints, purchasing all of the supplies necessary to build the temple. He gets everything ready. And, and one of the last things he does is he writes a song to be sung at the dedication of the temple, which he'll never see. Here's the song he writes, at least a few lyrics of it. Check this out. It's found in the book of Psalms, Psalm 30. For his, this is the song. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, rejoicing comes in the morning. You turned my wailing into dancing. You, you moved it from an offbeat song and you got me on beat. And this beat was a, a, a drumbeat of dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. I was in a place of mourning and grieving, but you turned it into dancing and celebrating. Lord, my God. God, I will praise you forever. And so the challenge that we take from David, when your life gets offbeat, or maybe you don't even have a beat, I want to challenge you to keep the drumbeat of joy pounding in your heart. I want you to keep that drumbeat of joy, a joy that isn't, there we go. Come on, I want you to keep a drumbeat of joy inside of you, deep inside of you, deep somewhere in your inner soul that circumstances can't throw off, that no loss of a job or loss of a business or a loss of a loved one. I want you to get the kind of a drumbeat deep down in your inner soul that isn't thrown off by sickness and disease, by a diagnosis, isn't thrown off by the loss of a paycheck or by a loss of a position, the drumbeat that can't be quiet. Now, when you hear that, you go, that's impossible. It is. Why is it impossible? Because like David, much of what is wrong in our world, much of what goes wrong in my life isn't just that we live in a world that isn't as it should be. It's that I am not as I should be. And I've kind of helped. Would you all agree with that? We've, we've kind of helped. We've thrown this off. Like David, we've done some things to throw ourselves off of the drumbeat of joy and we've set ourselves up for sorrow and suffering and guilt and regret and shame. So how did David get on beat? Check this out. Let me read more of the song to you. Psalm 30. I will exalt you, Lord, for you lifted me up out of the depths. Lord, my God, I call to you for help. And you healed me. Mm. That's good. I, should I just pause there for a moment? I called to you for help and you healed me. 
You, Lord, brought me up from the realm of the dead. You spared me from going down to the pit. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but joy or rejoicing comes in the morning. When I felt, insecure, when I felt secure, I said, I will never be shaken. So David is looking ahead and he is believing. He's writing this song in anticipation of a moment when the temple would be built and the nation would be able to worship and offer sacrifices to God in a place where they could gather and say, this was built for our God. And here in this place is where God will meet us. But David is really looking ahead beyond the temple to a time when God himself would come to us. And Jesus became the sacrifice that was better than what was offered in the temple so that you and I could become the temple of God, the place where God dwells. David is looking ahead to the singing a song in a temple, but Jesus wanted to put a song in your heart. And so Jesus, a thousand years later, is the fulfillment of a Psalm 30 song that weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Why? Because God came to us to take on our sorrow, to take on our suffering, our guilt and our shame, the death sentence that we deserve because of sin when we turned our back on God and went our own way and we got off beat and our life didn't even have a beat and our life was set up for ruin and failure, Jesus came to us to rescue us, to lift us up. And how did Jesus do that? By allowing himself to be lifted up on a cross, to die in our place, and then to be put into a pit to lift us up out of the pit. Jesus embraced death to lift us out of death. Jesus died in our place, paying our eternal death sentence so that when you and I believe in Jesus by faith, we are forgiven of our sins and given a new life and forever life because Jesus not only died, but he rose again from the dead, right? Here, here's the thing, David was looking ahead he was looking ahead to a future promise. We look back on the fulfilled promise of Jesus' cross and the empty tomb. We, David was writing a song hopeful of a promise. We sing a song and we have a song because we look back on what God has already done on our behalf. And maybe that's where you're at right now. Maybe you're ready to receive new life through faith in Jesus Christ. You haven't yet celebrated, but right now you're ready to celebrate because you're ready to say yes to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If that's the decision you're making, you let us know. Right now, each of our campuses, you're with us right now. I want you to make a decision. You're joining us online. Let us know. Text Jesus to 41411. That's right. Just let us know. And here, here's what's happening. When you say yes, look, sending a text isn't going to do this for you. You're just letting us know. But we wanna know, because we wanna encourage you as you begin this new journey of faith in Jesus Christ. But when you say yes to Jesus, here's what's actually happening. God's spirit, which is, in, which is eternal and invisible, comes and lives in your in, e, internal and invisible spirit. And when God's spirit enters into your spirit, he, he becomes the drummer. <laughs> I like it. 
God becomes the drummer in your heart and he sets the drumbeat of your life and he begins to give you a drumbeat of joy that nothing and no one and no circumstances can take away. In fact, another author in the Old Testament who uh, invited people to return to the devastated city of Jerusalem after wars and devastation, people were living far from their land and they were returning home. And they returned home to a devastated businesses, devastated families, devastated uh, livelihoods. The cities were in ruin. And, and he gathers the people and he says this. It's found in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. He goes, do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. A deep inner delight, a deep inner happiness becomes the strength that emboldens you to rebuild. God wants to give you an inner joy that will empower you and embolden you to have strength to begin to rebuild what is broken in your life. And so let's jump back and learn a couple lessons briefly from the song and the story of David. Here it is. We're going to jump back into Psalm 30. He says this, sing the praises of the Lord. You, his faithful people, praise his holy name for his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. David understood that regret and shame, sorrow, they're necessary. See, repentance comes before rejoicing. Sorrow comes before celebration. If I never feel broken about what I've done, I won't repent and ask God to forgive me. But when I ask God to forgive me, then repentance brings rejoicing. When I become sorrowful because of my guilt and my shame, then I repent and my sorrow is turned into celebration. I begin to experience a joy that fills my inner life regardless of what's going on around me. And that's what David is getting at in this song that they're going to be singing as they dedicate the temple of God. And so what's the point? To keep the drumbeat of joy. What do you got to do? Well, to keep the drumbeat of joy, you got to celebrate in all circumstances. David understood that the only way you're going to keep the drumbeat of joy in your life is if you don't let the circumstances throw you off. I want you to know that there is no disease that can sicken your joy if your joy is rooted in the spirit of God inside of you. Do you hear that? You, you, your joy can't get sick. There's nothing that can foreclose on the joy that comes from God's spirit giving you strength. No one can bankrupt it. No one, it, your joy can't be bought. It can't be sold. It can't be stolen. It can't be oppressed. Your, your joy isn't swinging on the pendulum of what is said about you on social media, whether you get likes or shares. Your joy is not dependent on what you look like when you look in the mirror, whether you're gaining weight or losing weight, whether you're ready for vacation and your body is fit for the beach or it's not. Your joy isn't, isn't based on whether you're, you're able to get pregnant or you lost a loved one or, or the children that you have, hey, it's Father's Day, if they're behaving or not. Your joy is 
not swinging based on the circumstances, right? Your joy is anchored in the person of Jesus Christ. Now listen to me careful, carefully. Joy is not a place, it's not paradise, it's not a position, it's not a paycheck. Joy is a person and joy has a name and his name is Jesus. And when you have Jesus in your life, then you have joy when you begin to put your focus on the person of Jesus and his spirit living in you, then you focus more on who God is and what God's done than you do on what's wrong in the world around you. And you begin to see the world differently. You begin to no longer look for joy from your circumstances, which means you're constantly being critical because nothing is ever living up to the expectations of filling you, right? You need a circumstance to make you happy now because you have an inner happiness that comes from the joy of God in you. Now you can look at life as it really is and you can bring joy to others. Listen, David continues. He goes like this, weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. He's getting at something here. Let me continue. He, a couple, another verse. You turn my wailing into dancing. You remove my sackcloth and clothe me with joy that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord, my God, I will praise you forever. Keep the drumbeat of joy. All right, to keep the drumbeat of joy, you gotta remember that God's got this. In fact, I want you all to maybe put that in the comment section. Maybe right now lean over to somebody and say, God's got this. All right, socially distanced, not spitting on everyone, just God's got this. Here's what happens. There's a, there's a beat that starts to well up inside of you. God's got this. God's bigger than this. God's not defeated. God's not up in heaven suffering with sickness. God's not up, up, up waiting. He's not worried. He's not distressed. God's not overwhelmed. He is through our circumstances and through our suffering, stripping away everything that we used to look to to make us happy so that we can experience the joy of being truly content and satisfied in him. Some of you, you have been far too happy by the shallow life you've been living and the cheap pleasures that this life throws at you. But it's like getting filled off of junk food. It's like, it's like getting, eating the calories of Twinkies and Ding Dongs and thinking that that's good for you and what you need is some bacon. All right, dads, that was just for you. That was a freebie. Maybe you need some filet mignon, all right? Um, I just, my brain just totally went in a wrong direction, and I got to reel it back in here. All right, dads, where are we at? What I mean is this. God may be allowing this season to strip some stuff away. So you recognize that this stuff will never be enough and that only God is enough and that when, when you recognize that God is more than enough, then he fills your heart with joy, a joy that is not swinging on the pendulum of life circumstances. You begin to find an anchor for your soul that is not allowing the ship of your life to be tossed back and forth by the storms of this life. You find that your joy is anchored in the confidence that God's got this, that God is big.
big enough, that God is strong enough, that God is at work for his glory and your good. God is at work for his ultimate joy and your ultimate joy. But remember, your ultimate joy is not about this life, but about the life to come. So how's the drumbeat of your life doing? Are you on beat? Is there a rhythm to your life? Is, is the Holy Spirit got a beat going inside of you that isn't going to stop because of sickness or troubles or circumstances around you, whether things are going well or not, whether things are good in the home or not, that you've got a deep inner joy that cannot be put out, that can't be thrown off beat. I promise you that God is for you. God's got this. God is at work in you and God wants to work through you. He wants to bring his joy to those around you, but first he's got to fill your life with joy that gives you strength all right now you've been patient you've stuck with me you stayed on beat with me so now i want to pray over you i, I just want to pray the joy of the lord to be your strength would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for each individual that is listening and watching right now. God, I thank you for them. They are a gift from heaven. Their life is precious. God, I thank you for these dads that, man, they're, they're giving so much, working so hard, and I know so many that carry frustration because they feel like they're never doing enough. But God, I pray that you would give them peace, that you would give them strength, that you would fill their hearts with joy right now, and that the joy of the Lord would be their strength. And for every individual right now, that joy would begin to well up within them, not a joy that comes from a feel-good experience from listening to a sermon, not the joy that comes from a song, but the joy that comes from knowing that my God is for me, that Jesus died on a cross, he finished all the work, and he rose from the dead, and in his resurrection I have life, and I have forever life. A joy that comes from knowing that my life is in the hands of God and every moment of every day is ordained by God. That there is not one step of my life that is off step or off beat, but God is setting the beat of my life. And so God, would you fill us with joy? Help us to laugh a little bit. Help us to have a little bit of fun. Help us to be able to celebrate and sing and believe that God, you are good and you are at work for our good. And we say this, in celebration in Jesus name Amen Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church We believe that through Christ life change happens here So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org